Okay, so just to remind ourselves of what we're talking about, we've been going through almost Kaseder. Um This is uh, my brother's Sefer that uh, is not yet published. It's called Teres Akayin. It's uh, He goes through concepts from Rav Tzadik. So what we talked about last week was, you know, obviously, obviously with what's going on, the main objective, at least to me, is to focus on Achdus and Ahavas Yisrael. Which Baruch Hashem is Klai Yisrael still holding on to it. Klai Yisrael still holding on to it. Um, but the way to do it in a proper way is to understand what a Jew is. It can't just be, you know, love everybody. It has to be with, with, with Teichen and with, with content. So what we said last time is that there are two mitzvahs. There are two mitzvahs that symbolize two different relationships that we have with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's the relationship called Tefillin. I think there's extra copies over there. There's a relationship called Tefillin. And there's a relationship called Brismila. The relationship of Tefillin is the relationship that we all have with Hashem that's meant to be built up. That the more mitzvahs you do, the better. The more averis you do, God forbid, it breaks said relationship. And that's what most of life is focused on. I think there's sheets over there. Most of life is focused on that relationship, that relationship called Tefillin. But we said there's a much deeper relationship, there's a much deeper ahava, there's a dveikus that every Jew has with HaKadosh Baruch Hu called brismila. That brismila is the only mitzvah that you're given before bar mitzvah. Not mitzad chinuch, but it's the mitzvah that the child performs at eight days. So we said last time the reason for eight days is because the Rishonim say it's the first time the baby's healthy enough. Today we'll talk a deeper Indian. But Pashas, it's the first time the baby is healthy enough. And the first time the baby is healthy enough, there's a chasima, there's a seal in his body that he's different. Because the relationship of brismila, which women also have, that dveikus, that with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that relationship of brismila is not based on what you do, but who you are. And as we'll talk about, maybe today, maybe next time, real Ahavas Yisrael, I think people misunderstand what Ahavas Yisrael is. You see, a lot of times you'll get these videos uh, of, you know, soldiers that are not observant, but they're putting on tzitzis, you know, and it like warms your heart a little bit. At least it should. Uh, it should warm your heart when you see Jews like this. And well, what is it? So most people will think that you see that Jew has tefillin. You understand? Meaning that Jew has a relationship called tefillin. And it's comforting knowing that every Jew has that, that relationship that we thought is severed is not severed. I don't think that's it. Because there are Jews that don't have tefillin. Bechlau. That's not where Ahavas Yisrael comes from. Ahavas Yisrael comes from recognizing the truth. Which is that, what you, that every Jew has a dveikus with HaKadosh Baruch Hu that's unbreakable. And every time they put on tzitzis, it's not that the other relationship is strong. It's that that relationship pales in comparison to what they already have. And when they do mitzvahs, you see, the perspective of mitzvahs changes based on which relationship, which lens you're looking through. If you're looking through the lens of tefillin, every mitzvah is creating something. But from the lens of brismila, every mitzvah is just revealing what's already there. And that's what real Ahavas Yisrael comes from, is that when you see a Jew that externally doesn't have much, at least to the naked eye, and then you see Mesiris Nefesh, and you're seeing Ahavas Yisrael and Ahavas Atayra in its own form coming out, the real thing you should be moved is to realize that I've been looking at them the wrong way. 
that it's not that they have tefillin, it's that I should stop looking at them from the lens of tefillin, but I should start looking at them from the lens of brismila. So what I want to talk about today, this is a concept that I've mentioned pieces here and there. We gave B'nai Sascha Shirim about it for sure. But I think it's so integral. It's a deeper concept, but I think Yossi does a very nice job of explaining it very well. And that is which part of the neshama does the brismila come from? Meaning, this relationship, this dveikus that we have with Hashem, which is an unknowable love, an unbreakable love, completely not based on ishtadlis. Completely just based on born a Jew. This unknowable love, what part of the neshama connects to that? So, if you look in front of you, he says like this, Tzadik starts to open up this concept. In a Sefer Why is it that the Brismila is on the eighth day? On a deeper level, what's the significance of eight? What's the significance of the eighth day? And why is the mitzvah brismila dafka on the eighth day? So everyone, people, a lot of people, people say, oh, seven is teva, eight is lamayla minateva. I don't fully know what that means. I'm not sure what that means. So a brismila is lamayla minateva. What does it mean? So, koydim shenatik dvarav, before we go into it, yesh lahaktim. Let's explain. Anyone who's learned chasidis in any way, there's a concept. Now this concept seems daunting. It seems intimidating. I, I, it's it's on the right. I copied the right stuff. Good. I think so. I just want to make sure. I didn't. Did I not? Hold on. So there's a concept that a lot of svarim discuss, which it seems daunting, but I think Yossi explains it very nicely. You'll have to trust me. And that is, there's a concept called the spheres. Now, what this means is like this. It seems daunting. There's ten spheres. Now, what spheres are? The first three are intellect. The next six are emotion and then action. Intellect, emotion, and action. Chachma, bina, vedas, three. So let me just explain what they are. Now what this is very simply is before a person does any action, it's how Hashem interacts with the world, how the neshama interacts with the world, and how you interact with the world. Before you do anything, you are going to be using these ten spheres. What I mean is very simply put. The first three are intellect. Chachma, bina, vedas. So, let me just explain what they are. Chachma bina vedas is as follows. Chachma is big picture, right? You decide, before you make any decision, you decide, I want to go eat, we're going eating out tonight. Okay? So, it's Chachma. Chachma is big picture, just quick, big picture, nothing, no details. Chachma. Right? You don't know how you're getting there, you don't know where you're eating, you don't know all these things. Just Chachma is big picture. Bina, Bina is details. Right? Women are predominantly better at Bina than men because they're better at details, more detail-oriented. And that's, uh, you know, that doesn't always the case, but that's generally the case. Bina is details. So first, Chachma, you want to go out to eat tonight, and then Bina is, we'll go here, this is how many cars we'll take, v'chula, v'chula. And what's Das? Das is just the ability to focus. Right? Chachma and Bina is big picture and small picture. And if you don't have Das, then you're just all over the place. You want to eat out, and then you already forgot about it. A person who has ADD or ADHD, there's a p- problem in his das. Not his chachman bina, his das. Now that's the intellect. But now let's talk about the emotion. The emotion is as follows. Right, we know there are seven spheres, chesed, gvura, teferes, netzach, hoid, yisoid, and malchus. Now what does this mean? 
So I, I think Yossi explains it very nicely. I've, I've seen Svarim attempt to explain it. I think his, his explanation is, is, is very, very beautiful. He says like this. Every action that a person does, you cannot do this action unless you use unless you use these seven kaychas. Yeah, now we're up to Now you guys can, we're back. Now we're back. You cannot do any decision unless you use these seven kaychas. What are these seven kaychas? These are the emotion that lead to action. And let me explain very simply, because this is important, because you're going to see this in Svarim, and then we'll get into how this connects to what we're talking about today. Le marshal, a perfect marshal. You're walking down the street, and this poor guy starts begging you for money. Okay? Before, from the moment you meet him, until you actually hand him the money, you will go through all those seven spheres. There's chesed, gevura, teferes, netzach, hoid, yisoid, and malchus. Malchus is giving him the money. But there's chesed, gevura, teferes, netzach, hoid, and yisoid. Now what does this mean? It's very, very simple. Very, very simplified. In order to give him staka properly, you have to use all of these kaychas. All of these kaychas have to be engaged. Think of them as lights. You have to light up chesed, and then you light up gvura, and then teferes. And let me explain very simply. The first feeling that a person has when you meet someone that's very poor is you want to give him money. Chesed. Now chesed on its own, you want to give him everything. Right? You're like, that's sad that that guy, there shouldn't be a poor person. Chesed. Now chesed on its own, you'll just give him everything. That's the problem with chesed. I've mentioned this many times that the first base Hamikdash is a yisoid from the Maral. It's Kedai Chazer again. That the first base Hamikdash was built in the Schus of Avram Avinu, and therefore was built on Chesed. But that was also its downfall. You see, because Chesed unadulterated, Chesed that just spills out, love that just goes, that's un, without restraint. What was the first base Hamikdash's downfall? The three Averis. It was Lahavdil like Woodstock. I've mentioned this many times. It was just everybody loved each other. Whatever. People could do whatever they want. And it led to Gilarayis, Avedizar, Shvichazdam. That was the first base of Edish. And that's what happens when you meet someone. Chesed. Just, I want to give him everything. Then Gvura comes in. And Gvura says, Hold up. Gvura says, I, I don't know if you should give him anything, to be honest with you, because you've got to make sure you're not poor. And that's the opposite. That's complete restraint. You see, Gevura, that was the second base Hamikdash, right? The second base Hamikdash was Gevura, careful with every detail of halacha. Mamish medaktik, with every detail of halacha. But to the point where it was suffocated. So it was Senaschinim, right? If the first base Hamikdash is all forest, no trees, the second base Hamikdash is all trees, no forest. That's Gevura, that's complete restraint. That's Gevura. Gevura is such details to the point where you're suffocating. You're not giving him a penny. Comes Teferis. Teferis is that perfect blend. Teferis is Yaakov Avinu. That's the Bayesh Shlishi. It's going to be a perfect blend. Teferis is nothing on its own. It's the ability to take Chesed and take Gevura and to perfectly blend it together. That's why the Nesiva Shalom writes that Avram Avinu in the Torah is always digging wells. Yitzchak is always digging wells. 
Yaakov never digs wells, he uncovers wells. Because Yaakov Inu didn't create a new approach. He just uncovered the proper way to use his father and grandfather's approach. Avram Avinu dug wells because he brought chesed to the world and Yitzchak brought gevura. Yaakov Avinu was just the ability to blend it properly. That's chesed, gevura, tiferes. And that's the same thing. You meet a poor guy, so you want to give him everything, you want to give him nothing, and you decide the proper amount. Then you have the other three, Netzachayid and Yisait. So the way Yossi explains this is that Netzachayid and Yisait is the same, it's a mirror, but it's happening from the perspective of should he get the money? Meaning, Chesed Gevur Teferis is, should I give money to poor people? And now I have to decide, is he worthy of receiving that? This specific person. So Netzach says, of course, see, I have to give him everything. And then Haid says, no, nah, that guy should get a job. I'll give poor tzedakah to other things. And then, and then Yisoyed is that blend. And then Malchus. Every time you do an action, you're going to ping, ping, ping. Chesed Gevur Teferis, Netzach Haid Yisoyed Malchus. But here's the kasha. And this is what we're going to come down to. Here's the kasha. The kasha is like this. I'll say this outside. Today will be mostly outside. The kasha is the, why is it that when we meet different people, we act differently? How come when I meet a poor person, and you meet a poor person, I'm using my chesed, you're using your chesed, I'm using my gavura, you're using your gavura, I use my teferis, you use your teferis, then how come you give more money than I do? How come you give less than I do? How come I'm moved differently? How come my chesed is stronger? How come your gevura is stronger? In other words, why is it that if everyone has the same tools, why are actions different? So what would you say? At some point you're going to say, our DNA is different. We're just made different. I'm more chesed oriented. He's more gevura oriented. Everyone, it's sort of like there's a DNA. Why? Not sure. You see, if those spheres, and I'll come down very practically right now, if these ten spheres are how people interact with the world, but why do you act differently than I do? How come when we listen to music, you're moved to tears and I'm not? So you say, well, I'm more, I have more Rachmanis. Why? We all have the same tools. So how come it's different? The answer is our DNA is different. What makes those Midas move? There's something else of the Neshama, and that's called the Midah of Kesser which we've talked about in the past. Kesser is the crown. Kesser is the deepest part of the neshama. Kesser is the unknowable part of you that runs everything else. You see, every, you, you all have chesed, you all have gavur, you all have teferis, but how it's being used and, and what type of person you are, that's called kesser. That's the crown of a Jew. Yossi says like this, Yesh madrega yoyser amuka. It's the next paragraph. There's something deeper going on in the neshama. Shoyrish hakol midas elu. That's the source of all these midas. Babir bezeu aderech moshal anal. With that moshal that we had before. Avsha kol b'nei adam yeshlam zayin koychaz anal. Everyone has the same tools. Afal pikin embeiz b'nei adam poigim ba'ani echad. But if those two people meet the same poor person, I'm moved one way, I'm moved to be a little stronger, you're moved to be a little softer. Why? We all have the same tools. The answer is we're using it differently. In other words, we're made different. Our DNA is different. That's how we would describe it. Our DNA is different. So what does that mean in the neshama? What part of the DNA is different? If we all have chesed, we all have guru, what makes them different? What makes these tick? What makes them change? And that's keser. There's a part of the neshama called keser, which is the deepest part of the neshama that makes it go, 
You see, if Chabad is intellect, Chagas Nehim is emotion, what is Keser? Keser is the deepest part in the Neshama, it's connected to Ratzim. It's connected to desire. It's the part of the Neshama you can't explain. It's the deepest part of you. It's the part of you, it's like, if I were to ask you, this is a very, very simplified version. If I were to ask you, um, why do you like pizza? So you'll say, I don't know, I just like it. I can't, I can't explain it intellectually, and I can't explain much, I just like it. I just do. That's because it's coming from a place you can't pinpoint. The part of the neshama you can't pinpoint, that's called keser. I'll make this very, very simple for you. Sometimes you could cut away, you know. Why do you love your child? Why do you love your parents? It's not intellectual, right? The love that a person has, again, your neshama has intellect and it has emotion. And if I were to ask a parent, why do you love your child? They're not going to say intellectually it makes sense. That's not it. And they're not going to say emotionally he makes, he makes me laugh. And if he didn't, I mean, at some point, you'll have to cut through and you'll say at some point, you'll just say, I, he's my kid, right? Now that sounds like you can't answer. The answer is, it's not that you don't have the answer. The answer is, it's coming from a part of you that you can't pinpoint. You can't, you can't put your finger on. It's coming not from intellect and not from emotion. That's within the structure. It's coming from on top of that structure. That's called keser. The love that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has from the relationship of tefillin, that's all intellect and emotion. Right? If you ask Hashem from the perspective of tefillin, why do you love Klal Yisrael? Which again, the relationship of tefillin is based on what you do. You do A, you get A. You do B, also good or bad. If you ask Hashem from that perspective, which part of the Nisham is engaged with that relationship, he'll say the intellect and emotion. Intellectually, I love that kid because he puts on tefillin and he wears tzitzis. I don't love that kid because he breaks Shabbos. It's intellectually and emotionally, it makes sense. But there's a part of the neshama, there's a love that Klai Yisrael has for us that we can't put our finger on, that you can't explain. It's not intellect, it's not emotion, it's past that. It's past seven, you understand? It's past the seven midas of chesed, gvur, teferes, natsach, hayd, malchus. It's past seven. What is it? It's eight. It's keser. It's the crown of Klal Yisrael. The relationship that Hashem has for Klal Yisrael, that love that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has for Klal Yisrael, which is connected to the brismila, is connected to keser, it's connected to the number eight. You know, I mentioned this in the past, it's just Kedai Chazer. Um, the Indian of Yom Kippur, the real Indian of Yom Kippur, I, I, Rav, Rav Wolfson Shlita writes, he writes this many times in his Svarim that when he used to hear Shir by Rav Shraga Feivel Mendelovich, Rav Shraga Feivel used to say the following line, that's what he said, and I never used to understand what it means, but I think now we'll understand. Rav Shraga Feivel used to say, the whole Indian of Yom Kippur is Keser, and the Avoida is to try to tap into that for one moment. That's what Rav Shraga Feivel used to tell his Bachar. What does that mean? It means that the, if you really want HaKadosh Baruch Hu to have Rachamim on you, you've got to get him to shift. You don't want to be seen from the prism of tefillin because that's too cold and it's too finite and it's too data-oriented. You want HaKadosh Baruch Hu to change and to start looking at you from the prism of Brismila, which is Keser. 
That's why in Yom Kippur, every tefillah, we say keser in Kedusha. Every single tefillah. Because we're trying to shift. We're trying to shift HaKadosh Baruch Hu's perspective to no longer look at us in that way. We're trying to tap into that part of the neshama, which Hashem says, I, I don't even understand. There's a Pasuk, I think it's in Amos, the Pasuk says that that the Kla Yisrael said to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Halei Ach Esav Yaakov. Yaakov and Esav are brothers. So how come you love Yaakov? They're brothers, they're twins. So what does the Pasuk say? And here I have is Yaakov. I just do. Meaning, it's not part of the, it's, you know, it's not coming from a place that's knowable. It's coming from this deep, just, we're entwined in our DNA with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You see, if you wanted to, if you want to engage in Kesar, one of the ways to do that, one of the action that engages in Kesar very quickly, is, is a, a gyro, is a lottery. Is a lottery. You know, there's a kasha from the Bnei Yisachar. The Bnei Yisachar has a kasha. The kasha is that why is it that Purim, why is it that Purim is called Purim? So Rashi says, because the Gemara says, because Hippil Pur, because that was the day that, Par, that, that, that Haman made the lottery. So the kasha is, that's the, you get the, the name of the Yomtif. If Loya Leinu Hashem Mashiach comes, and all these terrible days that we just had are going to turn into Yom Tovim somehow. You're going to make a Yom Tif on the day that they decided to make the attack? Of course not. So we're making a Yom Tif on the day that he chose to destroy Klai, so I'll make a Yom Tif on the day that he was hung. So it says the Bnei like this. HaKadosh Baruch Hu had a problem. The problem was that Haman was convincing him to such a place that from the perspective of Tefillin, Klai Yisrael was loyal Leinu, Taka is supposed to be destroyed. Sakadish Baruch Hu needed to change, needed to shift. One of the midas, one of the ways to engage Kesar, to engage that part of the neshama that's above intellect, that's above emotion, one of the ways to do that is through a girl. What do I mean a girl? You have some guys that they're, they're, they say, you're not sure what to do, they say, let's flip a coin. And if you ask them why, does it make sense? No. Intellectually, no. Emotionally, no. Why do they say? I just want to. It's rotsen. It's rotsen without intellect, without emotion. That's what a gyrol is. So you understand that when Haman made a gyrol, all of a sudden in Shemayim there was a shift. Because in Shemayim Hashem said, I know what a gyrol is. A gyrol doesn't make sense. You know what also doesn't make sense? You know what also is a mailem and a seichel, a mailem and a das? And that's my love for Klal Yisrael from the perspective of Brismila. And then all of a sudden HaKadosh Baruch Hu shifted. And therefore the gyrol that Haman made was the beginning of his downfall. Because once Hanman was destroying Klal Yisrael on that day arbitrarily because he wanted to. Rotson. I decided I'm going to listen to the outset of this uh, dice. Complete Rotson. All of a sudden that was Ma'er Rotson Elyon. That was Ma'er the Rotson in Shemayim. And therefore that was the day that they celebrated because that was the day that everything started helping Klal Yisrael. There's one other time that we have a Gairul in Halacha and that's on Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur you have these two goats. They're identical. They have to be identical. Why? Because one's Yaakov and one's Esav. One goes La Hashem and one goes La Azazel. So how come if you have a Jew that looks like Esav, how come he goes La Hashem? From the perspective of Tefillin, it doesn't make sense. The answer is the whole Indian of Yom Kippur is tapping into that place called Kesser. Tapping into that Dveikus that we have with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that relationship that we have with Hashem called Brismila, where you could look identical like Esav, but you're different. He goes la zazel, he goes to hell, and you go, you go la Hashem. And one of the ways to engage in that is how do they decide? A gyro. Oh, just rotsen. 
the number seven is emotion and intellect and it makes sense. But there's something that's lamaila from that, that's the part of the neshama that's unknowable that you can't really put your finger on. It makes everything else go and I can't explain why I do what I do just because I am, I, I, it's who I am, it's not, and that's kesser. It's like, um, and therefore number eight, which is kesser, is the brismila. And therefore brismila is on the eighth day. To me'orer that inyan, that inyan of kesser, that inyan of the eighth, uh, past the seven. Because the Indian of Brismila, again, is not what we do, it's who we are. I heard this, uh, I was listening, Rabbi Weinberger said this recently. I don't remember, I've been listening to everything he says. I don't remember what he's talking about. But he was saying that his father, his father was a very special Jew. And I was like to meet him a couple times. His father was a very, very um, old school individual. Old school, you know, survivor type. You know, he mentioned... He, he mentioned uh, when, I, when he was paying a shiver, I paid a shiver call when he was sitting for his father and he was telling us about his father and it's just completely agave he said a funny story about his father that he said that um, he said that he had some backpackers eating by him uh, for the Seder one of these Israeli you know hippie types that were searching for themselves and his father was a survivor Amish you know so Rabbi Weinberger told me that he said he knew that the meal was taking a wrong turn when his father asked them, where were you for the last year? So they said they went to Tibet. So he said, why did you go there? So they said, to find ourselves. So the father meant it honestly. He pointed at him and he said, you're right there. I found you. You're right there. And Rav Weimberger said, this is not going to go well. <laughs> he also said that, he said that uh, they asked Rav Weimberger, how do we know that Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim? So they were expecting, like, how do we know that God did that? So Rav Weimberger was like about to start going in. So the father pointed at the Haggadah, he says, he says right here, it says, <laughs> so, his father, he said that his father uh, used to be a laundromat, he used to own a laundromat, and it bothered him that his father was like a chashavid, was like cleaning stains in clothing, he felt that was like, you know, so he said he mentioned it to his father once, and he said, his father said, that's what I do, that's not who I am, right, that's what I do for a living, that's not who I am, the Midah of Keser is who you are, Seven this is what you do. That's tefillin. The meat of kesa is who you are. And therefore the brismila is done on the eighth day. I'll just say this, not to take too much time. I just want to end off with this concept. The la- I think it's the last paragraph. Umatsinu oi besifir of tzaddik. We find also in the svarim of tzaddik as follows. If the Indian of Brismila, which is again that relationship that we have with Hakadosh Baruch Hu from the Mida of Kesa, which is unknowable, it's coming from a place that you can't you can't pinpoint. That Hashem says, I, I can't explain to you why I love you, but I do. It's not based on what you do, but He's based on who you are. And the mitzvah that brings that out is the Brismila, the first mitzvah that a Jew encounters. So too says of Tzadik, the same way you as an individual, the first mitzvah that you encountered is connected to that midah of keser. And that's the mitzvah of bris Which is a sign of the ikr dveikis that we have with Hashem. Not based on what you do, not based on any action, just based on a reality called being a Yehudi. So to Rav Sadiq says, on a collective level, Kalal Yisrael as a whole, the first mitzvah that we heard from Hashem was connected to the Midah of Kesar as well. What was the first thing that we heard from Hashem? Anoichi Havai Aleikecha. I am Hashem your God. That is the mitzvah of Amunah. 
that midah, that mitzvah is connected to the part of the neshama called brismila. The same in brismila is the first mitzvah, anoichi avayelikech is also the first mitzvah of Klal Yisrael. And says of Sadiq Yisrael, what does it mean? If it's the first mitzvah, the if the mitzvah of anoichi Hashem lekech, which the Rambam counts, is the first mitzvah of the Torah, is the mitzvah muna, then how come it's not lo- written in a lotion of a tzivoy? How come it doesn't say lahamin b'Hashem? Command. Every mitzvah says to do. It's an action. Anoichi Hashem alikech. So it says of Tzadik, the reason is because Anoichi Hashem alikech is coming from that neshama, coming from that part of your neshama that already knows. That doesn't have to acquire emuna. It is already there. Anoichi Hashem alikech. I am Hashem your God. And you know that. From the relationship of Rasmila, it's already there. It's already a reality. It's not based on what you have to do. You don't have to acquire emuna. You see, tefillin is all about acquiring. Rasmila means it's already there. And therefore, the first mitzvah of the Torah, which is the first mitzvah we heard from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is it's not written in a Lashon because it's a reality. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu said that he ingrained within Klal Yisrael that reality called, you know me. You don't have to do anything to acquire that. And there's a famous Shaila in Ravachan, Ravachan in his first pace, was the Ravachan Sefer on Ashkafa. Oh, I forgot the Sefer. Ravachan um, Wasserman has a Sefer on Hashkafa. And in that Sefer, his first piece, he has a Kasha, which is how come if Emuna is something we're all supposed to believe in, and even human, uh, even Goyim are supposed to believe in a God, right? It's one of the Shavu Mitzvahs, then how come there's so many Goyim who are atheists? So Ravachan says it's because. Deep down, everyone should believe in God. It says, if you believe in God, you have to listen to Him. So people don't want to listen to Him. So therefore, the, 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 the lack of wanting someone controlling you clouds your perspective. That's what Rav Tzadik will tell you, the reason why Goyim are not commanded to believe, the, the reason why Goyim sometimes don't believe in God is because they don't have that mid of kesef. We already know Hashem's there. Anoichi Hashem elikecha. I am Hashem your God. It's not something you have to work on. It's already there. Hashem ingrained that within us. They don't necessarily have that. We have that. From the perspective of tefillin, you have to acquire, you have to work, you have to stockpile. From the perspective of brismila, from the midah of keser, it's anoichi avayelikech. I am Hashem your God. You already know that. This, by the way, is a drastically different perspective on Amuna. Let me explain. According to Rav Tzadik, we'll end with this. According to Rav Tzadik, you don't have to do anything to have faith. You just have to make sure to bring out what's already there. You have to make sure that the chaos of life doesn't, doesn't put out that flame. It's already there, though. Right? The Baal Shem Tev HaKadosh, the quotes this a lot in the Sefer HaYoyim Yoyim. The Pesach says, yeah, I think it's a Micha, V'atem Tiuli Eretz Chayfetz, that Klal Yisrael are called a desired land. We're like a desired land. We're like a perfect piece of land. Says the Baal Shem Tev HaKadosh, what does that mean? What does that mean? What's a good piece of land? The greatest piece of land is one that has gold and silver and diamonds and oil. Klal Yisrael called in Eretz Chayfetz. Says the Rebbe, according to the Baal Shem Tev HaKadosh, Klal Yisrael has all of that within them. Every Jew has that gold, that oil, that silver. You just have to dig. Now some you'll have to dig more. Some you have to dig less. But it's there already. Atem Tili Eretz Chayfetz. That's, a, fu- that's a, a fundamental difference of how you look at a Jew. According to Rav you don't have to acquire emuna. It's already there. Every Jew is born with perfect faith. 
Your avoid of life is to just not let the world, the screaming of the world, put out that voice that's inside. You don't have to acquire anything. And by the way, as a mechanech, as a rebbe, looking at a student from the perspective of tefillin to the perspective of brismila is worlds apart. If you look at a student that he has nothing and you have to give him everything, then it's very easy to give up because he's got nothing. But from the perspective of brismila, means that kid has everything within him already. He has emuna. he has all of that kedusha already. You just have to reveal it. That's a much easier job to reveal what's already there than to build. That's the midah of brismila. That's And that's what you're seeing now. What you're seeing now is all the Jews that we've been looking at them from the perspective of tefillin up to this point. And I think Klai Yisrael is looking at them differently now. Klai Yisrael all of a sudden is looking at them not, from the, not that they have. That's not the point. It's not that the tefillin, their tefillin are whole. The tefillin might be puzzle. But they have a brismila. And the brismila is perfect. And the brismila is full of emunah. And all that you have to do, it's atan And all you have to do is just reveal what's already there. And sometimes, as we'll see next time, sometimes duress. And sometimes difficulties. And sometimes tsaris. And sometimes even, God forbid, the choice of death will bring out that inion of brismila very quickly. And that's sort of what you're seeing now. It's not a good thing that we went through this. But as I said last time, all we have to do is, is definitely we're already in it. We now have to hold on to this. We have to make sure that all this Ahavas Yisrael, which is not connected to Tefillin, it's connected to Brismila. Because from the world of Tefillin, not every Jew you should love. You'll love Tzadikim only. But the inner Brismila means that every Jew has that Kedusha within them. Every single one. And it's not a fluffy Indian. It's the deepest Indian of a Jew. It's coming from the Midav Kesar. It's the whole Indian of Kesar. And that's what the Gula will come from. The Gula will come from the Midav Kesar being revealed. It will not come from the Midav Tefillin being revealed. It will come from the Midav Brismila, Kesar. And that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should reveal that. We should have more Ahavis Yisrael, more Ahavis Yisrael. And it's a matter of time. It has to happen. It has to happen because, you know, I'll, I'll end with this. This is more of a heavier thought. But Rav Gamliel says this a lot. He said, if you look at Esther Hamalka, Right. Esther Hamalka said, meladati. I can't see my people being lost. And when she said that line, all of a sudden the Melech said, fine. So Rav Gamliel says, Kal Yisrael just has to turn to Hashem and say, honestly, meladati. we can't see this anymore. I can't, I can't live just watching the news. I can't live thinking like this. This is not a way to live. And Akadish Baruch will have Rachmanis, and the Midav Kes will be revealed. Kesayitim lecha that Hakadosh Baruch Hu's kesay will be revealed ultimately in Harvey Menuhem.